Welcome to the Serpent Soul Podcast, where we explore our identity before God and our relationship with God. I'm your host, Kenneth Grady, and I pray that we will be fed by the Word of God, led by the Spirit of God, and living with passion for the will of God. And in so doing, may we raise each other up as we lay ourselves down before the Lord. This is the Servant Soul Podcast. So I've never really been one for New Year's resolutions, uh, but I have been considering a habit of mine that has been creeping up in my life. And that is, I've noticed that I'm very accommodating to be around. And that sounds like a good thing. But I'm considering the more subtle ways that I've failed to keep an edge, so to speak. Because I, I keep catching myself, often when going about my day, that someone will do something inappropriate or ungodly, or irreverent, or whatever. And oftentimes people apologize when they realize I'm a Christian, if they say or do something around me that they seem to be sinful. But I almost instinctively start comforting people about sinning in my presence before they even finish apologizing. Now, here lies a dangerous line that should not be crossed. I should never approach a sinner with an attitude of superiority or disdain or contempt But for the grace of God, I am that man. But on this side of the judgment line, I shouldn't be groveling at the altar of cool guyness either. So why am I saying things like, oh, that's okay, it's fine, no big deal, all good, you can't offend me, you do you, man. In in all caps here, I am not the judge, okay? It is not my place to condemn another person for their actions but it is also not my place to passively grant permission to sin either. I have to stop for a minute and consider, is any of that true? Is sin really okay? Is it fine? Should I be saying, go for it, bro. Sin as much as you want around me. We're good. I don't care how much. You just have yourself a big old sinny sin time. You can't bother me. It is a difficult thing to pin down for sure. How to not be permissive in accepting a sin while also displaying the love and grace of our Savior. But when something is difficult, that's a great time to see what Scripture says about it. So, there are several passages that I'm going to share, some dealing with believers, some dealing with non-believers, as we are faced with both situations. So, Galatians 6.1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. And then Second Thessalonians three fourteen through 15 says, And if a man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man, and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. It count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Then in Ephesians five eleven through 16 it says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Last but not least, James 4.4 says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So, 
Why are we trying so hard to be everybody's friend? That we go so far as to accommodate, to smile at, to laugh about, and passively and even actively sometimes appreciate sin. Now, I want to go down a couple levels below the simple thought that we're all really egotistical at our core and we care too much about what people think. And that needs to be dealt with. But before that, there's an even underlying truth that's more foundational. And I think that what makes it so easy to just roll with the stream of garbage that comes from everybody else is that to put up a wall to them shines a light on our own stream of garbage. So when we fail to have authority over what we allow into our own ears and eyes and thoughts, it's ridiculous to try to exercise any authority over what someone else is projecting into our into our eyes and ears and thoughts. We can't honestly say, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not interested, because the painful reality is often that the sin that should cause us to slam the gates of our heart has a private room inside with a sofa, a widescreen, and a mini-fridge. And, and it's a painful thing to go around conscious of all the sinful behaviors we shouldn't be condoning when they keep showing up in our own heart. So, instead, it's much easier to take the, oh, you know, Jesus loves everybody, it's all good, no big deal, we all have different convictions approach, rather than doing the biblical thing and having some boundaries. So, I, I guess if we were going to say, I have a goal this year, it would be to put my Christian big boy pants on and get serious about the boundaries in my life. The reality is everything matters. It's not fine. It's not okay. It is a big deal. And I do have a problem with that. I want to take authority in the name of Jesus Christ of what I allow in my home, in my ears, in my eyes, in my mind. And I want to build my house on the foundation of Christ. I want to have my home in order so that there is truth and authority behind the boundaries of my life. We as Christians should be able to live in the truth of, we don't speak that way here. We don't watch that here. We don't listen to that here. We don't agree with everything you say. We aren't amused at every joke you tell. And if you don't believe the Bible, then we don't believe in the same God. Now, it would be great if we could be friends with everyone. But when someone comes to our boundary and attempts to project something contrary to the Word of God into our lives, there's a word for that. No. No, I'm not having this conversation. No, I'm not looking at your phone. No, I will not allow this behavior in front of my children. No, I'm not interested in that. No, I will not allow that in my home. No, I don't think that's funny. And thank you for your apology because no, I don't like it when you take my Savior's name in vain. And if it's a Christian brother or sister we're dealing with, the scriptures actually told us to admonish them. But maybe I should save that for next year's goal because I've got a lot of work to do in the simple no department first, to be honest. In, in Matthew 5.13, it says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Salt has a power to preserve, but it also stings in a wound, and, and we are surrounded by wounded people with sin leaking out from every festering bandage, and people will be taken back when their wound comes into contact with salt. But better to allow the truth to do its preserving and cleansing work than to just try and be less salty. Yeah, I mean, they may find you less painful to be around, but you will have done nothing to treat their wounds. The church at large 
has lost most of its effective boundaries. We have to quit producing all of these congregational chill factories. We all just love Jesus and hang out and really like each other and stuff. Everything is awesome, man. Praise God. Everything is not awesome. God is awesome, but we as believers are very not awesome. The church has become so accommodating that the lives of those who claim membership to the body of Christ look extremely similar to the lives of those who have no interest in the church at all. And so it doesn't do any good to bring people near a candle if it isn't burning. What can be accomplished by the church or a Christian who has the same boundaries as an unbeliever? We must have boundaries if we are to create a place of healing and truth and righteousness. We work so hard to reach out to those in the world with the best of intentions, but we must be careful not to reach so far that we're no longer standing on the foundation onto which we're trying to draw them. And again, it's very difficult. It's a difficult line to walk. And even now, as I share this, I feel my heart whispering, hypocrite, you're a hypocrite. But that's exactly the problem. I have laid down so much authority over what happens in the world around me because I haven't been taking biblical authority over what happens in my heart. If we want to transform our lives this year, we must build biblical boundaries in our heart, then in our family, then in our church, and then in the world. When we apply God's word correctly and in the right order, it becomes an honest thing to uphold the word of God instead of a hypocritical one. Lamentations 3 4 says, Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. And until next time, may we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen.